0: Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp Room, Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers, and no, ain't no stopping. Any topic, even the random. Topic, even the random. random. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We only grow shit. Welcome to the ramp Room, That's it. That's all I got to say.
1: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guess. Don't be staring at me like that, Tiffany. We're going to be crazy today. Y'all can already hear it. Yes. <laughs> it's your boy, Hilliard Guess. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. But We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? You know what it is. 2022, 20, yeah, pew, pew,
0: pew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on this show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that, uh, Chris Derrick is out this week, but we got a dope oh. show for y'all, for the grown folks, Yeah,
0: <laughs> grown and sexy only,
1: you know how we do, you know how we do, be here, uh,
0: great. Callers. The for Chris today. <laughs> okay,
1: hey, you you might be called back in. Anyway, so if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today we got the uh, writers. Everybody, y'all know, y'all just heard the last episode, episode four fourteen, with Mike um, Goyo and um, Jean Ali. Y'all heard it from the new show, Sin Help. We got all the other writers in the room. <laughs> 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 I'm going to kill you guys' names, their last name. And then we got Tiff- is it Tiffany Beecham.
0: Yep, Tiffany Beecham.
1: Introduce yourself.
2: Jordan Dumbroff.
1: Joshua L. Myers. Joshua L. Myers. Uh-huh. He got to put the L on it. Okay? <laughs> With the stank. I see him. <laughs>
2: well, anyway.
1: So welcome to the show, all the writers of Sin Hell. You guys coming up on All Black August eleventh?
0: Yep, this week. Mm-hmm.
1: Damn, mm-hmm. you see they had a, a damn uh, uh, premiere party. Didn't invite nobody oh, again. Wow. Again, I'm gonna talk to Mike. I'm gonna talk to Mike.
2: Mike, not Josh, Jordan, or <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of you bitches. That's 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 <laughs>
2: Sorry,
0: Mike. It's fine. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I don't want to go. I mean, it was a whole vibe and everything,
1: but. It, I saw the photos. Oh. All up on the rear carpet, <laughs> on the step and repeat.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Hair all out.
3: Listen.
1: Put <laughs> a dress on. Yeah. Yes. I did not
3: go to the red carpet. Oh, you didn't go? I just sat in the screening room and waited. <laughs> yes. That's
1: hilarious. The like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. the hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, we appreciate y'all. So um, Tiffany and I were in touch for a little while trying to figure out a time to get you guys on the show. And this all worked out the week after they went. Yeah. Thank God you were able to get the two guys, you know, involved.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had chatted. You were like, I need to get my and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, easy. And then lo and behold, you were like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Nothing. And unfortunately I was in town because I've been bouncing back and forth from oh, I didn't Cleveland. Know? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like literally Monday I leave to go back to Cleveland. Oh. Okay. And so yeah, unfortunately these guys were like, I'm kinda down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I miss being in the room with them anyway. So yes. this just feels natural.
1: That's good. I like that. I like that. So, where, so where are you from? So you from? That's where you from?
0: Yes, I'm from a suburb outside of Cleveland. Just mm-hmm. because Cleveland people listen, they're like, "You ain't from Cleveland." I'm from a suburb. <laughs> thank you. Um, I got, you. Know.
1: She, <laughs> she she adjacent. She <laughs> <not here. laughs> a, I'm a adjacent, but but
0: yeah, I'm from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I love Ohio. All things Ohio, sports, whatever. Um, yeah.
1: How did you get into the writing game? Like, were you always writing as a kid? Like was it was it a big thing in your city? Like how did you get involved in that?
0: No, as a kid we did a lot of sports. Both my parents are college athletes, okay, and so we played all the sports growing up: softball, swimming, tennis, mm-hmm. volleyball. Like we did a lot of things, and then ended up also being college athletes. Me and my sister.
4: Okay,
0: and so what did you what did you play? Um, I did track and field. Okay, um, I did shot put, discus, hammer, and javelin. Um, so we didn't get a chance. She to, got them shoulders. Look at that. <laughs> you, know, right. thick, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 if you're listening to you like a big woman. You know where I'm at. Like, hey, yeah. She's single. Um,
1: <laughs> Tiffany said, I'll fuck you up too. Don't get it twisted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I that's what we did. We played sports, but me and my sister used to like have this box that we used to entertain our godparents with like little hand puppets and oh, like yeah. put on shows. Be like, oh, look at us. We're playing. And that stuff is real when your kids it's like parents pay attention if your kid is playing in a box with little hand puppets they probably like might want to be an actor it's yep. like they probably are mm-hmm. entertaining of some sort mm-hmm. my sister used to have this cassette player with a little two push she got to push the record and the right. play at the same time right. that was my job and then my sister would just <laughs> talk and I would just, I would just ask her is it time for me to stop it right. and then I would stop it when she told me to Interesting. she would talk about absolutely nothing but <laughs> then when she went on to like broadcast school lo and behold like my parents should have been shocked that she wanted to be on radio Mm. you know it's like pay attention this is what we want to do so yeah i I, eventually after grad school actually no it was in grad school Mm -hmm. in orlando that i was telling one of my friends like i never did good in my creative writing classes Mm -hmm. but my one teacher said that i write the way people talk And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And he was like, oh, well, I went to film school. So that's like writing scripts. I was like, huh? Scripts. I was like, tell me more about this. (laughs) And he was like, oh, yeah. You just read these scripts and then you could write like dialogue. You write the way people talk, like dialogue. And I was like, I'm going to ride that till the brakes fall off. And then lo and behold, I found that that was a strength of mine, was writing dialogue, like creating characters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: That's nice. That's nice. What about
2: you, Josh. Yeah, so I was a creative kid, you know, drawing, um, pottery, writing, anything like that. Yes,
0: pottery. (laughs) I knew pottery. That's that's (laughs) a new one.
2: I anything creative, anything where I could, you know, explore that or even just you know get my hands messy with painting, I was all over it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then life starts kicking in, and you're told you have to go to college. And And where where you
1: grew up, at, where?
2: Oh, so I'm from Blythewood, South Carolina. Okay, Uh, it's basically the woods. They got, got
1: no accent. Look at
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, don't even get me started. On that. I wish I had so Country good. ass. Look at it. <laughs> In spirit, not in voice. <clears throat> but um, but yeah. So you know, you start going on that track to get your degree, become a boring person that spends the rest of their life, with, you know, two point five kids mm-hmm. and miserable, and that's what I was doing. I was living in Charleston.
1: 2.5 um, kids. What the hell is that? Yeah, 2.5 kids.
0: $2. <laughs> for two pounds, mm-hmm.
1: You know? Oh, I never oh, heard of it like that before. The, <laughs> the state.
0: What is it? The statistics the of... statistics. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't have that in the projects. What is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I go like, oh, a two parent household with two point five kids and mm-hmm. two dogs and two cars and
1: so that's so- a school thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay there you go. Okay. Uh huh.
0: I don't know where it came
2: from. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> but um,
1: two point five
2: kids. Yeah. So <clears> I <throat> went to Coastal Carolina University in Myrtle Beach. I was okay. a public health major. Um, after graduating, moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Was working at a health insurance company, and just miserable. Mm-hmm. I was so miserable, just sitting in that cubicle. <clears throat> As much as I loved you know, calling my, um, the members of the insurance company and checking in, I hated my job. I hated the people I worked <laughs> with. And it was starting to show in my work. So around that time, I got reacquainted with some friends from college who were in the Charleston poetry scene. And they kind of reactivated my love of writing. But at the time, I wanted to be a novelist. So mm. I actually wrote a book that I never put out. Um, but my writer's group were always saying, this is very... Uh, like I see this when I read it I see the words I feel it and you should look into screenwriting and so that's what I did mm. um, and from there that's a whole another story of how I uh, kind of entered the world but um, yeah so that was the, the genesis of career How long ago was that? Uh, 2018 Okay, and then I moved to LA in 2019 <coughs> Oh wow you went right in listen okay <laughs> that's funny
1: what, what about you Jordan?
3: Uh, just like how I got, how I got. Where started. you from and how you got into I'm it? I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was one of those kids who like had a camera, uh, like a video camera at a mm-hmm. young age. That's what I was asking for and thought like <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I went to film school. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I went to Emerson in Boston. Mm-hmm. And then that is when I kind of started discovering writing because I didn't, uh, I just didn't really know how to, and then my roommate freshman year, who mm-hmm. was a screenwriting major, just started teaching me, this is how you put a thought on mm-hmm. paper in this way, and so then, and then I took a writing class that we had to take, and I was good, at <coughs> like people were laughing at the things <laughs> I was writing, I was like, oh, I could probably do this.
1: So is comedy your thing?
3: Uh... Should be. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like kind of, like, dark stuff. I, I okay. like the... One of my friends used the term recently, tramedy. as a Ooh. genre. and I was like... I like that. That's a, <laughs> like that's
1: a t-shirt. That that's cute. That's cute. Yeah. No,
3: that sure is worth <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I like that stuff, but I also love genre stuff and, like, the horror and sci-fi stuff a okay. lot, too. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I took the writing classes in college, started liking it, took a TV writing class, and was like, oh, I really like this. Mm. Uh, and then moved here. I did my last semester out here uh, mm-hmm. and, like, had an internship <laughs> and started working. And every job I've had can be traced, I think, to that internship and, like, the people who helped me there yeah. to right. start getting work.
1: That's nice. Interesting. Interesting. So you were saying you like um, – I like that. What'd you call it? Trauma what? Traumedy. Traumedy. I've yeah. never heard that, but that's brilliant. I
3: thought it was perfect Did? for like, oh, that. I love that. I episode.
1: love yeah. it. I love it. So that makes me curious to know about a little bit more about your background in the sense of, so I, I know that you like sci-fi mm-hmm. and what was the other one you said? Like horror. Horror. Okay. So knowing that,
4: mm-hmm.
1: now I'm really curious about your childhood and here's why.
4: Ooh.
1: <laughs> Wait for it. So (laughs) so trip this out. Trip this out. So when I tell people my story, Mm -hmm. I talk about, you know, growing up in the hood and, you know, I don't know if you guys all see the movie movie Dangerous Minds. That was my neighborhood in my school. So Mm -hmm. you can imagine. And if you've seen the movie Dope, Mm
4: -hmm. he was me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm
1: -hmm. so you can imagine they were Mm -hmm. in Watts or whatever, you know, that thing. And he was the punk rock kid. I was the punk rock kid in my neighborhood. And um, so because of that, I always was the underdog. I always was the guy on the outside. Plus I was gay. So it was all these other things going on. Mm -hmm. So when I started writing, I was always writing underdog stories. So I always tell you the story of why that I write underdog stories. So that's why I'm trying to get to Mm -hmm. the fact you're drawn to trauma Mm -hmm. is interesting. hmm, What happened to him as a kid, right? Mm -hmm.
0: It makes complete sense. You feel me? (laughs) It, It makes complete sense.
1: Exactly. So, So this is for all you guys, be sure when you talk to producers about the kind of writer you are, and you've all heard the story, you know, make sure you're able to tie in why.
0: Absolutely. You know right. what I
1: mean? So just be aware of that. You know what I mean? So be thinking, we're going to get more. darling word. Listen.
0: Please, nuggets. <laughs> listen. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I, I'm waiting for the reveal because you asked the question and <laughs> I'm waiting for Jordan to all right. Let's get it. <laughs> I mean,
3: I think that it's... Uh, I I haven't met anyone who doesn't have childhood traumas, right. and and also sometimes my friends and I talk about it like it's not always a capital T trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. it's like little stuff that sure. you remember, and everyone around you would be like, "Why is that affecting you?" But, right, you know, your survival instinct kicked in in some right. way as a kid. Truly, uh, and.
0: So Jordan, what does your mother do? Uh, my mom's a therapist.
3: <laughs> there <go>. uh, ah <laughs> that stuff um, mindfulness. <laughs> mindfulness and therapy, and that dialogue has been around me for since I was uh, since I was a kid. And then I've gotten more into it. Let me
1: just say this. Bit. My husband's mother, when she was alive, was a therapist. Mm. So he's got a lot of issues because mm-hmm. all she ever did was go. So let's get to the heart <laughs> 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 of why you feel that way and he's like mom talk to me like a mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) she didn't know how to separate the two Mm -hmm. you feel me
0: yes absolutely
1: yes interesting
0: no there there were some beautiful moments in the writer's room where jordan would just he'd be sitting back have his leg crossed and -hmm. then he'd be like so can we how would that and i was Mm -hmm. like i was like you're therapizing right now (laughs) 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 but it was like i loved it because it was so natural it was like it just oozed and i was like
1: I see you, Jordy. <laughs> I I've been trying to do more She recently. calls you Jordy.
0: That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her true. and my
3: grandma. Really? Yeah. People, so that's cute. There you go. Probably a couple other people. <laughs> I think that instinct for me has been more recently like the going inward of like if I'm noticing something in someone else, I'm noticing it probably because I've experienced that feeling that mm-hmm. I'm like picking up on and that's what I'm trying to it, mental if
1: health you health. use it right, <laughs> if you use it right to your advantage, it can become a superpower for you in the room. Mm-hmm. So the negative side of mom nagging me my entire life, mm-hmm. right, could be, oh, it forced me to study human behavior from a different point of view. Where I took it from a negative point, I need to turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. So the positive is now I understand how to look at characters a little bit different than yes. everybody else does. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how you start to turn that thing around for yourself. And, and you accept, oh, I'm actually really glad that my mom was that. Mm-hmm. So now that's why I'm a co-EP now because mm-hmm. I understood, how, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just start to work your way up and people start to see that power you have. Yeah. And, they yeah. start to, and you'll start to go, oh, I don't regret that at all until yeah. mm-hmm. you embrace it. So that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Embrace the negative stuff yeah. that you Absolutely. thought were bad Absolutely. and actually it actually ends up working for you.
3: Let me be clear here real quick. I don't think that was bad.
1: Wait, wait, wait. I'm yeah. telling your mom. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm telling. Are you listening, <laughs> He's very strong at revealing <clears throat> characters, asking the right questions. Mm. He's phenomenal. So I think he's already embracing that superpower. Right. right. Sure,
0: Josh.
1: No. What, what would you say is your, uh, like, what type of things do you write?
0: Um, I do enjoy the dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I've been coming more in love with these crime action dramas. Okay. Maybe it's my subconscious saying, what am I going to do if this doesn't work out? Maybe I just start <laughs> selling crack. I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> but I do enjoy dramedies, comedies. I love it. From the
1: point of view of what? Um, that's what I'm trying to get to. Is like now I'm starting to understand him. Now I'm trying to figure out yeah. what what is it that moves you at the core. Like like what is it in those particular dramas that 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 grabs your attention that, mm. that that's what you want to write.
0: I I love I love villain origin stories, kind of okay. like where you tell me why this person became this way Mm -hmm. because they probably weren't always this way they were probably i often felt misunderstood Mm -hmm. when i was younger so i love characters that are severely misunderstood um i think it was vampire diaries damon Mm -hmm. he was one of the characters that was so misunderstood but he was so sacrificing at the same time that people didn't see and i was like i love that i do i love those characters that people are like oh they're such a bad person but then they're like a lead with that. Lead with
1: it. Yes. Now I'm knowing who you are.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Don't hold back. The reason why I'm telling you guys this is my career turned around once I realized that that stuff I told you about my old punk rock days, yeah, that's yes. when I realized, oh, and I got this job. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to a producer friend of mine. We were having a meeting and he mentioned growing up in New York, not down the street from CBGBs. And I went, oh but you know about CBG's. And we get into this whole conversation about him growing up and seeing the Ramones and like all these mm. things like that. And I was like, well, shit. So we just start going in. Well, who got the job? Mm. You know? And he said, you need to always lead with that. And I was like, who wants to know about me being this kid from the hood who was into punk rock music and the reggae and ska and whatever? Mm. And he was like, everybody <laughs> because it shows you're not just a typical dude from the hood and i was like oh so once i switched that light on now i lean into it mm. and then i realized oh out of the almost 50 scripts i've written i was like oh there's a reason all of them are underdog stories horror drama sci-fi doesn't matter what i've ever written you see it it's very clear mm. so that's why i'm trying to get to who you are
4: mm-hmm. as
1: a writer and the things that you write and why yeah, because it'll it'll allow you if you decide to go in the horror and the sci fi and the drama why you could write them all because you still write the same themes. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh,
2: I know you've been sitting there
1: thinking <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say. <laughs>
2: no, I love comedies. Okay. Um, in, the, in the whole gamut, I love a good workplace comedy. Mm. You know, seeing where you take normal people and put them in an awkward space, or awkward people in a normal space. Um, and I definitely love a good dark comedy such as Fleabag or mm-hmm. Atlanta okay. um, and everything. I, I so you're a
1: little it. twisted.
2: Just, just like it. Just <laughs> just
4: like it. Um,
2: everything mm-hmm. definitely has a, a social commentary to it. Okay. Um, being a, a black and queer man from the South. Mm-hmm. And I always say, um, Tiffany knows mm-hmm. this, uh, my dad's what I call Black Panther adjacent. Okay. You know. So so am I. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Believe uh, yeah. we'll it or not. Go yeah, for the cause not the membership. Yes. And um so he raised us to be activists, you know, as okay. little children we were marching against the Confederate flag that was on the state house mm. still the lawn. But um <laughs> you know, I've been to uh Zambia on mission trips trying to do some undoing of the whitewashing. Oh, this is everything. fascinating. Okay. It's cool. you know everything I write always, even though it's comedy, mm-hmm. it still has that slant to you know just a little bit of a, a commentary in there.
1: That's that's okay. Lead, lead. This is interesting. Okay. Now the reason I'm trying to get to the core of everything, you guys notice how we all lean in when you start to talk I mean, you already know the story. Yeah. But it's still, I bet when you first heard it, you were like, "Ooh, you went to Zambia. You did this right." Because you got to, especially and no offense to you, especially as people of color, we have to always lead with the fact we're not the normal people they think we are, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Now you have to find your superpower but to you're
2: show white. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know too many brothers named Josh, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so for you. You have to find, how am I going to get staffed on a show? I got to figure out that strength and that superpower that I have that separates me from all the other white dudes, too. Mm -hmm. Same thing, right? Just like we do. We got to separate why. You know, thank God we're in a time where being a blurt is a good thing. You know what I mean? Because coming up. I was one of the early blurs, and they were like, Oh, you a weird motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but I know it's going to pop eventually. And of course it did. You know what I mean? And, and now you got to be ready for it. So just saying the same thing for you. Just be, just be thinking about how to separate myself. You know, the, yeah. the more you do, the more people are going to be like, He's a white dude, but this dude is interesting.
4: You know what I <laughs> mean? Yeah.
1: That's what's going to sign up for you. So, so check this out. So let's talk about how each of you guys came to, um, were you guys all from black boy rights or were you, were you, were
4: you? Not me.
1: (laughs) 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 That, okay. That's the funniest thing I heard today. (laughs) Go ahead. Since we're talking to you, Jordan, how did you come to send help?
3: Uh, I worked on Ginny and Georgia with Mike. Oh, okay. And so... In w-
1: what capacity were you
3: in? I was on season one and two, the script coordinator, and on okay. season two, I co-wrote an episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so... Mike was a writer on Ginny and Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so he had talked about how he had a show in development, and so I asked him, if it goes, can I send you a sample? And he said, yes. So I sent him a sample when... The time came, and, uh, and then he interviewed me, and then I wrote on
1: Send Help. Nice. Yeah. And that's how I got there. Awesome. <laughs> see, you got to ask. But see, here's the thing that I always tell people. People always misunderstood understand when I tell people sometimes, if you come across a certain producer or whatever, and you know they're staffing, to ask them, you know, let me send you something. Just read the first 10 pages, whatever the thing is that your thing is. What I'm saying is, when you know you're bringing value to somebody, Mm -hmm. nobody doesn't want to hear it. You see what I mean? So, the problem is, is if you meet somebody who's doing The Wire and you do comedy, why are you going to ask them to fucking read you? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When they're doing a completely different voice from something that you're trying to do. When you fit, that's when you know you're bringing value. Especially if you know it's a story that ties into something that you could relate to. Now, that's when you're like... I would benefit you. I would help you in this room. This is why I'm telling you this. It's not just, I write comedy too. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. Tie into why you would be good for that, if that makes sense. You yeah. You're you're just... no. Well, why are you
0: staring at it? <laughs> 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 I'm attentive listening. I mean. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I'm, I, how, how
1: did you come to the show?
0: Uh, the Black Boy Rights, Black Girl Rights Program. Um, which I came to Mike through Clubhouse. Um, so it does work. Okay. Listen, no Clubhouse. The early days of Clubhouse. I know, it was a shit. <laughs> we were on there
1: all fucking day. I was like, I ain't getting no work done. <laughs> this is some bullshit. <laughs> listen, there was nowhere
0: to go, there was nothing to do. And right. we're on Clubhouse. We, uh, Me and uh, my friend Bree uh, had this group called Cinema Salad. Okay. And people quickly started joining Cinema Salad because we would just host things and chat about short films or novels or mm-hmm. have writing sprints and then one day we were talking about writers and then mike joined and then tim story joined and then like shitty hicks joined and i'm like wait a minute who are the all these people with names and mm-hmm. like actual credits i was like you're joining our room and then mike jumped on like the stage and he started like chatting with us and he wasn't chatting with us in a perspective that was like oh well i know what i'm talking about right. mike is not even close to that right. guy and so we were like huh and then he's like, he's like, yeah, I have a mentorship, black boy rights. I was like, do you have a girl's portion? And he was like, I don't at the time. He was like, but he was like, I got to get this off the ground. And then I'll think about that. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And then February 2021 rolled around. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that there was a picture with like Amy Annie and right. him. And um, my friend Kila was in the picture. I was like, I was like, there's girls in this? And then so I, like, my Twitter fingers went crazy. I was like, Mike. I was like Tiffany from Clubhouse, and, right. Um he followed up, and we just followed up, and he was like, "Okay." He was like, "I got a slot available." He was like, "Let's chat." And mm-hmm. then that Saturday, I think I was on the Zoom with everybody else, and mm-hmm. it was it was beautiful.
1: I love those stories. See, tenacity is a motherfucker. You know, you got to have some of it, and there's something to um, there's something to reaching out to somebody like my man over there the other day. Um, um, Minkwal. Yeah. Minquel. What kind of name is that? Yeah. Black folks today. See. <laughs> they tried it. It's <laughs> cool. It's cool now. I expect it. Is it M I N Q U E L L or some shit? That's it. See black folks. Um E S P N, that's all it is. I can't. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Uh <laughs> Um Fuckers. Uh see this would happen. Tenacity. We... Yes. Tenacity. Now. Tenacity. Um, but there's something to that, you know, and having that thing of going, you know what, I'm going to take a chance, but again, taking a chance when you have the goods, when you know you're ready for something, like you said, Hey man, if you guys are, if you don't mind, I would love to submit myself. If you don't ask, he's going to be standing right next to you staffing Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. and not
1: even ask you to send him a script. Yeah.
3: That was one of the pieces of advice I got when I first moved out here from someone Mm -hmm. where she was like. Don't ask, don't get. And now anytime I'm nervous to ask, which every time I'm asking for something, I'm usually a little nervous. Right. Uh, but I'm always like, they don't know that I want this thing mm. if I'm not it's telling them that true. I want this if- <clears>
1: thing. <throat> I'm gonna tell you guys a quick story and then we'll jump into you just a moment. So my life turned around 2017. I had been in the indie world, you know, making all these, you know, indie projects and pilots and you know documentaries and movies and stuff, and I was like so I had a huge Huge showrunner You guys all know On my podcast We did the interview and we were over We were just sitting talking And I was on my way To go to Louisiana To shoot this pilot I was about to go Up north to finish this um, um, Documentary I've been directing So when you talk to me You'd be like Oh this bitch is working Right He's got He's a beautiful office He's on the lot He's doing fine Didn't realize I did this shit for $400,000 Or three Whatever right And so, I was like, we were having this conversation. He was in the middle of staffing something that I could have wrote on. And in me, I was going, I should tell him I really want to work on that show. Mm. And I was like, nah, I can't be that dude. Right? So, he gets up and he walks up. And I close the door and I sit here. Oh, man, every time I tell the story, I want to start crying again. Mm. And I start bawling. And... Because here's what I realized. Oh, it was me. I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. My perception, I got to change it a little bit. Right? It's real shit. And I was like, everybody sees me and goes, oh, he's got it made. He drives a cool car. He's got an office on the lot. He knows everybody in Hollywood. Everybody respects him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but I don't ask people for shit. So they don't know that I need anything. They already think I'm doing what they're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? And I was like, ah, uh, I need to change it. So 2018 came in and I was like, the next person who comes into my office that I think I'm perfect for, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. So my friend came from the show Deadly Class and he talked about how they sold the show and how they did the pilot and all that. And when we turned the mic off, he said, I don't want to say it, but the show got picked up. And I was like, what? And I was like, fuck it. You know you need to hire me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you know, it's going to jolt somebody for a second, mm-hmm. but what value do you bring? So I said, let me just show you something. So I turned, if you guys look at the photo back there of the scooter, that's mm-hmm. me on my vintage Vespa scooter in my whole rude boy style. And I said, mm-hmm. your show takes place in San Francisco in the 80s. Ooh. That's me, mm-hmm. right? In the punk rock scene. right I've been to the well building Mm -hmm. I've been to one step beyond Mm -hmm. I I know the kids I know how they dress how they talk how they eat you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I went down the list of all these things it's like there's no other black person in Hollywood you're going to find who has that background Mm -hmm. and he was like holy shit like I didn't think about that five minutes later he leaves five minutes later ring you're right I I gotta have you on the show Mm -hmm. you know what I mean But that was how it turned for me, was me reminding him of what value I bring to the show. Mm -hmm. So, and I came with confidence. I didn't come with, motherfucker, I'm the best. I was like, Mm -hmm. let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. You you probably don't want to hear this, Mm -hmm. but let me just explain it to you. Mm -hmm. And that just was more matter of fact. You know what I mean? And so, I say that to say that whenever you lead in with how you could bring somebody some value, everybody wants to hear it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be nervous about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just remember that. Same thing when people come to me and now I'm in a position to hire at the job I'm at. If you come with power, I want to hear it. Mm -hmm. If you come with a gift for me, I want to hear it. You know what I mean? So now. Exactly. So. (laughs) Talking to you, Josh. Jor, mm-hmm. about to call you Josh. Apologize. Jordan.
2: Yeah, Josh.
1: I'm Josh. Oh, you are, Josh. <laughs> Y'all, motherfucking, see? It's the Listen, We had a lot of <laughs> J's in room, We was, did.
3: names do kind of fuck people a like, Yeah. They,
2: it was Sean, yeah. Jordan, Josh. Josh, Justin. Just, yeah. Which I also have a
0: brother named Justin.
1: <laughs> Y'all kids together. <today. laughs> it was
0: a lot. I was like, well, I'm Jiffany. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Were we talking about what
1: type of writer you are? Did we already get through that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, Now, how did you come to the show?
2: Yeah, so I've actually known Mike for years now. Um, Back when, you know, speaking of tenacity, I was trying to uh, network aggressively Um, (laughs) as I was trying to, you know, jump into this whole thing. Still lived in South Carolina and um, luckily was able to meet Mike and when you know, just keeping in touch. And when he eventually needed a part-time assistant, he hit me up first. But I was still living in South Carolina. So I used to do my nine to five, eat dinner, and then stay up till like three, four in the morning working with Mike from his time zone. Wow. different projects. And that eventually led to him recognizing like, oh, you know, you work hard. You do what you have to do. You're, you know, putting in the work. So when, you know, fast forward a few years, he was doing Send Help, he brought me on board early as his, because I was already working as his personal assistant as mm-hmm. well, um, still part time, and so he brought me on as the showrunner's assistant slash writer's assistant, okay. which then you know snowballed into getting a co-write and filming picked up. I became um, associate producer. Oh wow! And that's a big jump. Yeah. So
1: I got how many jobs I, you
2: got, man? Look at you! I want <laughs> <laughs> <let> them
1: all. <laughs> That's so, good. I like to hear that. See, that tells me a lot about you, that you were able to do that that quick. Because that's only, I think it was less than a year, you know, if I recall, a year and a half or whatever it was. But that, that timing of that and you moved up to that, that's really good. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, Kylie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, you just have to ask because coming from the South, you don't ask, you know, for anything. That's, that's not polite. No. no, that's not what people who sit on the porch and drink sweet tea do. But um, awesome. <laughs> but when you want something, you go for it. Here's
1: something I tell black folks all the time, and it replies to you. Applies to you. and <laughs> We have a lot of superstitious isms bullshit mm-hmm. that we do in our culture, <gasps> and that's one of them. Like, because I always say this, and you probably have heard me say this on the show. If you're the type of person who doesn't want people to know shit about you or your your trauma that has happened to you in your life. Mm-hmm. The writer's room is not for you
4: mm-hmm.
1: because you have to be vulnerable and 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 any showrunner wants to know that you're going to give them real stories that are going to help the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, if you don't want to tell about the fact that your mother was an alcoholic and there's an alcoholic mother on the fucking show, you fucking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not helping us mm-hmm. by not mm-hmm. telling these stories. Do you know what I mean? So um, just be aware of that as you guys are moving along, you know, to really be conscious of each room you're in, like I said, how you bring the value and how you bring the value is having that superpower mm-hmm. of something that ties in. So as you guys start to get meetings with other producers for other shows, be thinking about when you go on those meetings, like you guys all had to meet for this, some of you guys already knew them, you have to be thinking about how do I bring value to that show?
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? So sometimes it's through a character. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, you know what, when I read the script, the character of Sophie reminds me of my sister. As mm-hmm. soon as you say it reminds me of my sister, I already go, they got fifty more stories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You see what I mean? It's little things like that, especially somebody who's been doing this for a long. They could they could tell, yeah, mm-hmm. talking to you that you have more stories to tell. But if you like, I don't wanna say don't even do this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure. Ooh.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. The in the send help room was very while it's comedic and there's mm. comedy, but there were lots of moments where it was dark in there. I was like, It's dark in here, guys. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like I was like, Jordan, start therapizing. We we'll need some <laughs> help like.
3: <laughs> I like the moments you're talking about in rooms where I've been vulnerable and where other people are like Yes. You know, here's why I'm pitching this idea, right. like mm-hmm. here's my point of view from the lived experience right. of it. Uh, I, I think those are
1: and, and, and every room is completely different. <clears throat> like when I'm in rooms, that's how I pitch. I don't just go, oh, I got to pitch for Jordan's character. I go, I got to pitch for Jordan's character. Let me tell you something. When I was six, there was this thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I always bring it back to my childhood. There's something about that area that makes you know I have more things to tell you. Mm-hmm. And it makes you curious. It makes you lean in. You know, it doesn't mean you have to go on on a whole soliloquy. You know, soliloquy sil- is that what so it it? That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> we don't have that in the project. Uh, <laughs> we just talk shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, but you don't have to go off on from a whole tangent on the whole thing. But if you could just, t- child, I can't fuck with y'all today. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing them jinx in here. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Shut up! Yeah, I be fucking up my shit. So, but but if you can if you can if you could bring that out of your pitch and make it concise, mm-hmm. so that you bring up something from the past or something that's similar to something mm-hmm. and tie it into the story. So I'll tell you, oh, when I was six, there was this thing that would happened like this, and I remember how my mom blah 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 blah. What if Jordan's character mm-hmm. did a version of that? where they're driving a car and they do such and such and such and such. Yeah. You see what I mean? Now you've seen the visual piece I gave you and it puts in your imagination what it could be with that character.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? It's
1: just a short little, I don't go on a long three minutes. Some people be pitching for three minutes. Listen, like, <laughs> you know I, I mean?
0: that I'm working on like being more concise. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, it smelled like cotton candy. And it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, and, then, and Backstreet Boys was playing in the background. Like, you know, it was, it was all misty and hot outside. Yes, it's stupid. like, and then just being like, actually, they got on Ferris wheels. is what the point is. You <laughs> know <what laughs> I mean, It's like so oh, Exactly. <laughs> but, no, I, I appreciate that.
1: That's nice. So, look, you guys have me on the show. You guys have me on the show. You guys are on the show. Here's your opportunity if you guys want to ask any questions. You want You guys have any curiosities about things going forward? Um, advice? You know, whatever you guys want to know, I'm an open book, as I was telling you guys when we first started. Um, same thing for you, Minkwell. You could jump in every once in a while if you have anything. Huh? Okay. Give him a up. <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't see him. I can't see him. <laughs> right. He over there. There you go. Button. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um,
1: so this is your opportunity. If you guys have any anything you want
3: to go ahead. One thing that comes to my mind is in terms of transitioning to that like full-time staff writer job, right? Like
1: there is the, no full-time.
3: Well like the 20 or 20, <laughs> 20 weeks staff okay, yeah, exactly. staff writer <clears throat> job. Right. Uh, I don't know about like your guys' perspective, but that's kind of what I'm thinking about more and like your thoughts on transitioning to that job and like advice that comes to mind.
1: Um the only difference that you guys are going to experience, and you know this from having been in Ginny and Georgie, Georgia, Georgia, you know, I don't know if you know Deb Fisher was my neighbor by the
4: way. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. she's
1: like my big sis. Um, <clears> That's awesome. fun. Yeah. Um, so as you guys start to transition, the exact same thing you did in there, you're going to do in there.
3: Yeah.
1: So you've already done it. hmm So you already have that You are a script coordinator? Mm-hmm. Such an advantage for you, because you guys are working right with the studio, and you know, you know, you know how all that stuff works. You know how to break down the. Uh, such an advantage. I would probably hire a script coordinator over a writer who's just okay, mm-hmm. than I would over you. Oh. Just beca- just so you know, <laughs> I can't because I know that you know how to have that conversation. You know how to break down the schedule. You know how to do. You know, what I mean, you just understand all those things. So, some things you're gonna lead with. Mm -hmm. to remind them Mm
4: -hmm. you
1: know so this also goes to um i interview a lot of people and i was telling somebody recently who's done a lot of production and i said for you coming up as a staff writer it might be something you might want to lead with a little bit because one of the things that happened, you know this from being on a show like that you guys get to do a 20-week show 10 weeks in people are starting to go to script For the most part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Let's just say in the perfect world.
3: Sure.
1: Uh, So what happens is we have this big room right now. There's 12 people in a room, 10 people, whatever. Well, eventually it's down to three because every week somebody's gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there's like, you know, the the co-EP and like two staff writers sitting there because everybody's gone to to write their script, as an example. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you want to be the person who... The co-EP is like, I'm running the room. The showrunner's going to come in at five. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to, you know, put something down for episode 109, right? You need to be in a position where you have proved to yourself and to the showrunners or whoever that not only can you write your butt off, but now we're in crunch where he's he or she is, you know, in showrunner mode. All they're doing is managing. They hardly even come in a room now. Mm. You know, that's what they do, <laughs> right? And so... You want to be in a position where if you went leading with the fact you have all this production background, you actually might be able to help in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. You might be able to help them staff a great editor. You might be able to help them find a great uh, line producer, depending on what season we're in, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you lead with that, you'll be an advantage, right? Because the co-EP might be too busy having to run the room where they can't fly to Vancouver to do the show. Mm you could, you know, yeah. and you'd be surprised. People are like, oh, well, they'll never send a staff writer, depending on what your background is. Yeah. You know, and I'm only saying this because I know I have some other friends who have strong post backgrounds, for example, you know, whatever. So they could be advantaged to send them the post and let them be there for three months and they're only staff writer you know what I mean it happens but if you have that experience you knowing you come from film school you know what I mean just lead with certain things that you think you could help with mm-hmm. you know I know you guys already have your co whatever you know writing is what I do but if you need help there I'm here yeah. it's just a throw out mm-hmm. you're not going deep and here's how I can it's just like just in case mm-hmm. just letting you know I have this experience here's another power I can help you with you know what I mean Yeah. so be thinking about that
0: yeah okay don't oh. I think my thought that I'm having now is more so towards um, the rise in the VOD world. Um, the videos on demand it's like we just saw the article that Netflix is gonna introduce what commercials and we ain't never
1: going to introduce commercials
0: <laughs> 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 And it's like I think if Netflix didn't make that pivot, the same thing that happened to Blockbuster was about to happen to Netflix, mm. um, which is they were going to get kind of aged out mm. um, because the VOD is killing it. Mm. And independent producers, especially in the freelance feature space, like they're figuring out how to monetize quickly. Yeah. And I love that for us. Um, I'm just curious, what does that look like for series, though, in the like video on demand world? Like A series A is going to be way more expensive. To shoot, like there's people out here shooting fifteen thousand and forty thousand dollar features, making yeah. them look great. But
1: I've done that <laughs> Listen,
0: <laughs> and it's like, and then the world of series, it's it's going to be way more expensive than that. So I'm just I'm just curious, like, what is this pivot that's happening right now? Um, yeah,
1: I, I think uh I think the pivot is. Uh, it, we're always in a pivot. That's yeah. the thing people don't realize. It may feel like the, it's like a two or three year cycle, really. You know, it's like, I remember, you know, after George Floyd, a lot of us, I don't know if you guys know, I'm the co-chair of the Committee of Black Writers at the Writers Guild. Mm. And we had this big thing about, is this just a phase? Where all of a sudden Hollywood's like, ooh, black people, you know? And I I was like, let's give it two or three years and see if they're still hot on us. Because they'll be hot on us for a minute and be like... Yeah, that's UPN, (laughs) you know what I
4: mean,
1: in a a minute. So, so, so that's why I'm saying you got to see how the cycle goes. As far as those VOD goes, I mean, I I don't think they're going anywhere particular as far as like disappearing away. I think it's producers have found another way to make money and to compete against what was going on with movie theaters Mm. Remember, people are going back to the movie theater again. So yeah. how is that going to affect VOD? Yeah. So you have that whole thing going on where it's going to be um, if the Rona gets bad again, which it is in certain areas. It was like three weeks ago. It was horrible here. You yeah. know what I mean? So that could cause people not to go to the movies again. And that's why VOD is hot. Yeah. Now, the other rumor is we're going to be dealing with this Rona for the next probably 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see people with masks on for years. This isn't going to stop. Mm. You know what I mean? So that means VOD is probably going to last for a little while. You know, if yeah. that's the case, because we all know people who are like, "I ain't going outside." Still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then you have people who are like, "I don't give a fuck." You know, yeah. it's just a cold or whatever the you know whatever the theory is for them. And so um, I think that it's something that's here to stay. How it's going to work for TV shows is going to be. I think they're still trying to figure it out. Sure, thing. you know what I mean. But if you have a budget. Remember, you can make a movie right now or a TV series yourself as a web series and put it on VOD. Yeah. You know, you just have to have the capacity to do it. Yeah. You know, so that's not nothing new or anything hard to do. It's just about how do you monetize that? How do you get people's eyes on it? You know, how do you get to probably bring in a PR person, you know, something to get people to view it so that you can make your money back. Because nobody's going to give you three hundred thousand dollars to go shoot something if they're not going to make their three hundred thousand dollars back. Right. You know what I mean? You going to say
4: something?
2: I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So I was wondering. Um, I uh, got representation this year. Can <laughs> <him? Yeah. laughs> Do you mind me asking who you're with? Uh, culture Creative. Okay. Um, and so I was wondering, <laughs> being in a space where it's kind of like you're now trying to. Build up your arsenal of samples, get those general meetings, build Mm -hmm. relationships so you can get your foot in the door of the first staffing job. Just any tips or advice or people in that space of, again, just trying to make those connections, trying to get those generals, trying to, you know, get that first gig.
1: Well, let me just ask you this. Um, So you got with them earlier this year, you said? Yeah, a few months ago. Okay. Have they been getting you some meetings? Have you been going out? Yeah, I've had some meetings. Okay. All right. Um, that's fine. That's fine. It's, this is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And you remember, there's a lot of people to see. Mm-hmm. So even even when you sign with somebody, even that could be like, you know, I had one meeting this month. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very typical. Yeah. You know, um, um, I still, until I took this job 13 weeks ago, still would get my own meetings, you know. And I'm with fucking UJ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't make no difference. Used, you're going to be getting them, getting them your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably got sent help by yourself. You know what I mean? All of you. You know, yeah. and so you're going to continue to do that. The advantage of having your reps is so that they make sure you make more money, mm-hmm. and so that you are taken care of, and so that you get your pension and health and all that stuff like that. That's that's the goal mm-hmm. for you. That's why I always I always say I'm jumping just a little bit. This is why I always tell writers, you're going to be booking jobs by yourself, like you guys already just did, mm-hmm. right? If you have a rep, when you book it, give them their ten percent. A lot of people are like, oh, they didn't do the job for me. It'll come back to you, Uh, hopefully. It doesn't always, 99% of the time, you hope it does. Here's what I mean. Your rep needs ammunition Yeah. to sell you on the next thing. Mm -hmm. And while you're hot on a show is when they could be selling you for the next thing. And the next thing could be an assignment. The next thing could be, you know, a pitch, you know, with... Like my company, for example. You know what I mean? The next thing could be something in that type of a world. But they need to be able to go, oh, he's on, she's on such and such a show right now. They'll be done in 14 weeks. You know, they'll be able to do such and such with you. There's something to know that you are hot on something now that helps you sell the next thing. So for you to be too, too worried about giving them 10%, is actually, in my opinion, some writers would be like, oh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't give them shit. Mm -hmm. I know from experience, back in the day when you were able to go into your agent's office, and I always use this as an example, back when I was an actor, I would go into my agent's office or my manager's office, and I'd be in there, shut up, back when we had headshots, (laughs) doing headshots with them and stuff, and organizing stuff like just some fucking assistant. And sure enough, my ass sitting there would be like, oh, Haley, do you want to go on this audition? Just because I was in the room. Mm-hmm. That's what, it's the same theory, mm-hmm. right? Is you're in their face and you're doing something for them. You be now, if you give them 10% of a job that you just did and now puts you on the mark in their books, in their system that you are making the company money.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of just being that writer that they represent, see what I mean? Yeah. People don't understand you got to put your business hat on, Right. It's not just about always making so much money. Yeah. It's about preparing to make more money. You know what I mean? So just be thinking. about. I don't know if i fucking answer your question. But <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the rant
4: room.
1: <laughs> Did that make a no. little sense? Oh,
3: yeah. For sure, okay. For sure, for sure. Were you talking about also, because this was something that was crossing my mind, <clears throat> as you're asking your question about, like, what you're talking about in those generals and, like, what you're... Is, was that at all part of the city? Oh, you're okay. talking oh, that is, that, is what see how
1: he, okay. he always is he be. And ready. <laughs> well, because I
3: was also thinking <laughs> He got about, he got ESPN, That's right. than I, I guess I was thinking about uh, what you're doing now. Am I allowed to say what you're oh, doing?
1: Oh yeah, I, I, I talked about it. Already. Okay.
3: Um, so in that like a similar thing and and you've touched on this also, like lead with that, like you've talked about what you're when I'm guessing, when you're in a meeting, what you're picking up on. Correct. And I think when you were talking, I was wondering, like, what else are you picking up <laughs> on? Like, what are you, yeah. like, what are the flags you're looking for?
1: Everything. Um, I want to know who you are, you know? Mm. I really do. I'm, and you got to remember, most of us, especially at my new job, I mean, I, even at my Kill Dog productions, I was having 10 meetings a week. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing them a day. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to remember you? You know what I mean? So the way I'm going to remember you is because you told me something that touched me in some way Mm -hmm. or something I remembered because you were like, oh, you know, my father was like, you know, Black Panther adjacent. (laughs) Now, I grew up in East Palo Alto, which is down by Oakland. Mm -hmm. So half my neighborhood was full of. Ex-Panthers, mm. you know what I mean? I had the Panthers on my wall, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like they were fucking the Beatles or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exaggerating. I got pictures of it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm being real. And so that tied me into you immediately just because of that. I'm not going to forget that image. You see what I mean? But if you don't want to tell that side of the story mm-hmm. because you're so worried about something, you're going to be like, I think I talked to somebody named Jordan today. I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bring me back. Yeah. You know, give me something that I could remember,
4: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> especially if you know my show or, or, for example, let's say you had a meeting with me for uh, Blue Monday. You know, we like underdog stories. You might want to tell me one.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? In your way. No, without going, I know you like underdog stories. Here's one. No.
4: Yeah.
1: Just be like, <laughs> just tell me your truth. Yeah. And how that ties into why you like underdog stories. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the key. And I'm always telling writers, you know, you got to find ways without being on the nose, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: you know, about here's why I'm the perfect person for you. Like I said, even when I when I when I went on the thing, I said, let me explain to you my why. It wasn't like, here's why I'm the perfect person. I was like, I know this is crazy. Right. I'm just blatantly saying you got to hire me on the show, but let me explain to you why. You know what I mean? And when I told him my why, it was from the heart. You know what I mean? I had receipts. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that helps you. You know, does that
0: make sense? Yeah. 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 It reminds me of something that you guys talked about last week Mm -hmm. about like on the
1: episode with Mike (laughs) and Jean. (laughs) Jean. It's like episode (laughs) four fourteen.
0: You guys were talking about actors mainly um, and how going to the auditions and how you're just going to kill it and be memorable. Right. And it's like, I feel like the same thing is happening with these general meetings that we're taking now. It's like, because I took one Friday, mm-hmm. um, didn't get it, the gig, but I was like, but I feel like he still remembers me. Yeah. That's and the it's key. Like, I feel like they, all of them still remember me. It's like, even if I wasn't good for that, he was like, we'll definitely keep you in mind for other things. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Um, it's like, that would be nice to have that. But,
1: there, like, there'll be more
0: there will always be
4: more every
1: every job you think you really should have gotten that you don't get yep. you're gonna get another one mm-hmm. you know it's it's funny and that that's what I'm trying to always tell what happens is you get to a point where you're struggling yeah right and then it becomes more of a need yeah you know to get it as opposed to n- wanting it or needing it because it's like now, this I would truly kill. It becomes, I need this job. I really need this job. <laughs> you know what I mean? It becomes, shut up, girl.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you going to sing this song for us anyway. So
4: You're
1: going to sing us out in a minute. I can't. Yes, you will.
2: We
4: believe
2: in I just want to watch
0: it. I
1: cannot. Uh-huh. Hmm. She knows she one of them clock sisters. <laughs> um, I, <cannot> <laughs> I
0: can't sing. <laughs> and then bell's it out. <laughs> you know, the clock sister that's in the background. Like, <laughs> in the back pew <laughs> of the church. Yes. We're not in the front. Like, <laughs> the <place. laughs> but, yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear. There will always be more jobs. Always. And it's, you know, but as we're first kind of, like, making our rounds as, like, newly, like, fresh off of being staffed, it's, like, it feels urgent. Yeah. you know and it's like how do i like turn
1: there there is a window yeah there's truly Sorry, i you just going to finish with the apologize. no
0: it just it just feels urgent right now it's yeah. like okay well our show's getting ready to air it's going to be on for basically 7 weeks yeah. it's like so this is the hot 7 that's this coming is hot, this is the hot
1: this is this this is the window that i'm talking about mm-hmm. this is when actually it's when you're staffed
0: mm-hmm. you should
1: be trying to like squeeze those meetings in like in the evening or whatever you guys get finished with the room yeah also if you can, because sometimes you got homework to do, um, um, but also during this time while it's on. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is when y'all need to be on Twitter and going, hey, everybody, you know, check out our show. Uh, for all you showrunners, this is what I tell my mentees all the time. You could say this, all you showrunners, you know, I'm, I'm available again. You know what I mean? You start to let them know what you want. And you'll be surprised somebody will be like. Oh, and she, and remember, I, you guys gotta have in the bio who you are, what type of writer you are. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Don't just be like, you know. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Uh-oh. Y'all ain't gonna like it. Uh oh. Fuck it. I'm gonna say it.
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> coming for me already.
1: No, I'm, I'm coming from whoever didn't do this shit. uh Oh. So it's me. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is for all you Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever the hell you on. You kids today. Oh. All you bitches under 30. <laughs>
0: That's
1: what I mean. <laughs> All you bitches under 40. <laughs> ah, shut course. up. Shut up. <laughs> I should not. Shut up. What is your fucking name? Ooh, it, ooh mine's on there. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But what's that? <laughs> Daniel, who? Huh? Is exactly. that
0: I got it I got it a long time ago. It
1: should be at Tiffany Beecham. I don't Boom. even
0: know how to change it. What do you mean you know Ain't there a way? I don't know. There don't is know. a way, but I don't know how. Bitch, you better call them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's my point. Brand your name. Chow. Brand your name. Mike is at a point now where it's not necessary for him to have Mike Goyle on there. Mm. People know him. He's already all over the place with his shirt off. We already seen it. I
0: cannot. Let's it Okay, like, mm-hmm. all in the mirror. I
1: your said that. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm not mad. I'm trying to get
2: on the boat. Uh,
0: I'm trying to be in Bali and Tahiti <laughs> like, and wherever else yes, on the, yes. the tropical, just flexing with the brown on. Like, so I'm telling y'all
1: this because you want to be easy to find. This is the same mm-hmm. thing for your email. What is your name? Not Jay Ryder at stupids.com. <laughs> no, motherfucker. What is your fucking name? Brand your name. I'm telling y'all. Mm. You don't want us searching for you because we don't have time.
4: Oof.
1: Right? I can't tell you since I've been over there. I've been in the middle of putting something together. I'm like, what is that? For? And I put it in Josh. Other Josh has come up except for you. And I'm like, I don't remember what that dude's name. Fine. Well, moving on. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. That is why. It was cute. It was cute seven years ago to have writer Josh at such and such and such. Mm-hmm. Bitch, what's your fucking name?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Make it easier for the older people here mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who don't understand how to use Twitter very well. Mm-hmm. Shut up.
0: Um. <laughs> listen I might have to start putting the D because I'm over here trying to figure this out on Twitter
1: Yeah, figure it out later bitch you'll figure it out um, what else we got you got anything Minko? yeah
0: coming to the mic
3: so um, uh, uh, reverse oh, there you go yeah my my question um, tell
1: me your name by the way
3: oh this is Minkwell Ramon uh, Minko. okay yeah. uh, my question is like when you are preparing your samples like for your next meetings and stuff like that, how crucial is it to kind of pair your samples with, like you were saying, the, I guess your story, the thing that you lead with?
1: So this goes back to what I was talking about. This goes back to what I was talking about, knowing who you are as a writer and what are the type of things that you write. So even though, like I said, been writing for over 20 years, so of course I'm going to have a lot more scripts and a lot more genres and things that I write because I just try things, right? Yeah. You have to be at a point where you still should be writing toward the same themes and you don't even know. Especially your first five or six scripts, you don't even know. You'll be writing the same fucking things right. and not even realizing it. What happens is your friends will start to read and go, you know you always talk about adoption?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: you know. Right. You know you always talk about Parents, relationships with their kids. Mm. You always talk about sisterhood, whatever. They'll start to see the themes. You don't realize it's subconscious to you because it's just what naturally comes out of you. Mm. So as you start to work your samples around, which you it, you still might always do that same theme. But for example, the tone might. Like you said, you might write a dark, or one of you might write a dark drama or dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And the other one might be really light, but it's still about fatherhood. You see what I mean? So that's what the only thing that changes is that. Now I'm going to give you guys, this doesn't always happen. This is something I've told people a lot of, a lot of times. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that happened was, so when my friend left for the show that I got on, he said, oh, have your rep send over a script. He said, I'm going to send you the pilot, you read it right quick and send over a script. That doesn't always happen. A lot of times your rep will just submit you and then you'll just get a meeting. The meeting comes because I read the script and I was like, oh, I like Josh. Let's bring him out. I'll meet him. Right. Sometimes your rep will be like, oh, this is early. Here's the script. Read it. Tell me what you think if you want to go out on this job. So I always tell my reps, if you can, I want to read the script before I get the meeting because I want to know what script I want to submit. They're thinking, here it is. They're thinking, oh, you have this great pilot that I love that's a drama. This is a drama. No, bitch. I want to know what themes they're talking to. Mm. Right? So, for example, on Deadly Class, I had written this show a few years ago that dealt in. It was from, it was in, our show took place in the 80s. The show I wrote took place in the 80s and it was dealing with kids who were a little bit older, they're like in their 20s, but... It had some themes that they were talking about in the pilot. And I was like, hmm, how can I make my pilot look like their pilot? Mm -hmm. Take it up another notch. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, my story has these strong voiceovers in in it, and so does theirs. I noticed when they do the voiceovers, they italic them. Mm -hmm. So I find all, Mm -hmm. highlighted all of them, and did the same thing in mine. Then I went, oh, they bold and underline all of their exterior interior stuff and I went okay find all did the same thing just pick an hour right mm. and I went okay now how can I really stand out this is a show about punk rockers oh I had this character who is like a former military guy who's all in black he was like kind of the weirdo guy in the group he would definitely be the outsider punk rocker dude mm. so I gave him mohawk put him in a Ramon shirt <laughs> you know what I mean and, and, just, and just sprinkled in a couple of punk rock implications throughout Mm -hmm. so that when he read it the other guy who I knew was the punk rock dude Mm. he would be like oh this dude knows what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. so I submitted the script and a week later I had a meeting I sat down and he went dude I thought I wrote that script (laughs) you see what I mean Mm -hmm. I mimicked him Which is what your job is going to be. So what happened was there would be scenes that would come up and he'd be like, hey man, can you write this little scene for me right quick? Mm. There's other EPs in the room. He knew I could. Mm. You see what I mean? That was why. You see, so you don't always get that chance. But if you can, that is is your chance to try to mimic them a little bit with whatever you have. Just have two different versions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Here's the version I use that's got a little bit more of whatever their style of the show is. And here's the other thing. And the reason I did that was because I was like, OK, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the room, the guy in the room who knows all about the punk rock, new wave, San Francisco scene. That's going to be me. Right. But I want to also show them if they need somebody to step in to fix something when there's four people in a room and everybody's off on script. they can be like, "Hey, can you uh, do this thing for me? I don't have time. Yeah. They already know I can do it. Yeah. You see what I mean? So I was thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. of how I could be that person in the room. I knew what my superpower was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was my way of doing it. So you have to find yours. But that's the thing that I always said, that if I was ever running a room, I would be wanting to find somebody who can get my voice. You know, Somebody I know who I could throw the the, 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 the reins to when I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you guys know when you're on the show, the showrunner's managing. Mm-hmm. Nine times a day, The co-EP is running the rooms most of the time, depending on the show. And so... You don't have the time so but it'd be nice to have when there's a few of us left in the room and everybody's off on script, I can go, yo Josh, can you you know, can you start act one for me? You know what I mean, on this one thing, you know, do the outline. Whatever it is, you at least get to the point where you can trust that they can because you have already seen that they that they mimic you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know but that was my thing that I I always thought, you know, and it and it worked for me. So that makes sense? Yeah, for
0: sure. Awesome. Yeah,
1: thank you. Anything else? That was nice. Was it? <laughs> that
4: was good.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. That's, <laughs> good. That's what I'm here for. Anything else, Mean Quail, you were thinking about? Oh, mean Quell. Mean
0: <laughs> yeah. Is it like Miguel, but with Mink instead? Yeah. It's okay. exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> um. While we
1: have this, go ahead. You keep thinking about it. While we have this this downtime going on, um, so you guys are dropping August 11th. Yep. Send help. Yep. Y'all just had the big premiere that I wasn't invited to. Oh, true. Um, I said it. We actually all
3: talked about it. I
1: really. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> oh, He'd have been all on a red carpet shirt off and shit. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> yeah they showed the first two episodes oh the first two good yeah and um, me and actually me and jordan co-wrote episode 103 together oh good so that's why i feel like i know jordan a lot yeah yeah. y'all had
1: to spend some time together i'm sure
0: yeah yes (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) and um this i feel like i wish that something that i knew before joining a writer's room was how collaborative writing actually is Mm -hmm. um you know, because you spend so many years like alone writing scripts, and then you take notes or don't take notes from your friends. But then when you're in the room, it's like now you you gotta take these notes, right. and it's like it's something that I wish I knew sooner.
4: Right. But mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so but once we started like taking notes, and Jordan is like Jordan and Josh like I, being in the room with them is just fantastic nice. because they <clears throat> were not afraid to talk mm-hmm. and were. We're always ready, and I appreciate that. So shout out to showrunners that are listening. We be ready. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's interesting is I feel so nervous. I said to you yes. earlier before I got in, like, I'm like, I'm nervous sitting in front of this microphone and not having done this. But in that situation, I'm like, I'm just fucking... It wasn't bang. bad. It
1: wasn't bad, though, was it?
3: No, it wasn't this. See? You, you're good. At, you're good at this. It's like you've done four hundred fifteen to four hundred thirty episodes of, of this
1: podcast. Yeah, this will be dropping tomorrow. Yes. Episode four hundred fifteen.
0: Wow, that's a good number. I'm about to play that on the lotto. Okay, we'll play. Don't forget
1: my ten percent, girl. That's all I'm saying.
0: I got you. you got to pay that ten you know? percent.
1: My pimp
2: fees, girl. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, we're really excited <clears throat> for it to premiere. Um, you know, it's going to be—I believe—all of our first episodes of television. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's we'll huge. About that too. yeah. But um Oh, you
3: did two episodes? Well, no, because you well,
2: talk about. That. Oh, the oh, yeah, yeah, George, Ginny, yeah. and George. That's right. <laughs> but you know, it was just such a, as you we were talking about, such a wonderfully collaborative experience where you're so used to sitting in a room by yourself and just type and type and type and type and you feel like it's good but then once you're in the room with everybody it's like all right she brought something I never would have thought of he had a pitch that I have no idea where it came from but (laughs) it is the funniest thing ever and we have to have it and so you know just having
0: all of those moments Mm -hmm. and you know we made some great
1: some great television so let me let me oh, go ahead
0: no I was <coughs> gonna say I, I agree I feel very good about the product that's coming mm-hmm. um, not only does it look good but the story is very dense and thick uh, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful that Jean and Mike saw us fit and um, I really love that like there's women characters that are like doing things they got I, agency ooh, mm-hmm. I like that
1: that's important um what was I gonna ask you? Uh, oh. So now you guys have been you've been in the room before, but now you guys have been in the room, have you have you have you adjusted your scripts a little bit that you've already pre written? Because what I mean is now you start to see like how they break down the show and you know, structure it and whatnot, did it make you go oh, I need might wanna rework this script or story. Has it made you do that a
2: little bit? For sure. Yeah you know, you have your you write your samples, whether you write it as just a sample or something that you feel is something that's sellable someday, but you go back and you think, all right, I can do this dialogue differently. I can get rid of this scene. And does the joke that you set up in a teaser pay off by the last scene? Right. You, you know, you start connecting all those pieces. and You track and- it. Yeah, you know, Mike would always say, you know, what's the connective
0: tissue? What's yeah. the
2: emotionality? The emotion. That was
0: Mike all day. He's like, he's like, but what's the emotion of the scene? Mm-hmm. But what's the emotion of this moment that's happening right mm-hmm. now? That was Mike. All it's day.
1: important. Yeah. It's important because sometimes you, you, a lot of us just write plot, and yeah. we don't realize as good as the plot sounds, you're not keeping us involved because we don't care. right? there's no emotion attached? To mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, interesting. Interesting.
3: What you about to say? Something? I always feel like. 'Cause I worked in a couple rooms and I always feel like my on like the support staff side. And I always think with my writing outside of the room, kinda to what you're saying, I think, is always I'm always more on it and more improved because I'm in there all day, even if I'm just listening to writers talk yeah. and they're talking about the emotionality and they're realizing like, oh, this is this is slow, let's pull this up and and uh I think what I take a lot from it is like the freedom to be like this is not set in stone. Like right. this is not precious. I'm just going to try something else and right. see if I like it. I'm like, mm-hmm. just tell the strongest story. I can.
1: The, re- the reason I asked you guys all, <clears throat> because I don't know if you guys have heard me ever say this before. Those of you who listen to my show, Ooh. but so here's an example. This is before I got my new job that I'm doing now. So I would come here. I'd get up in the morning, make my shake, go to the gym and I'd get here by 1130, 12 o'clock, but it's late. So my husband wants to stay up late. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> now I'm up early, bitch. Um, anyway, so when I get here at 11.30 12, I set my alarm to 45 minutes. And I have, I pull up the script I'm working on, the outline for the next script I'm working on, and then I have this whole file with all of my 40-something scripts, and I'll just randomly pick one. Mm. And I'll pull it up, and I'll minimize it, and then I'll start my alarm goes off, and then I'll work out for 10 minutes just to change my mindset. Part of the reason is I do a lot of different genres. Mm-hmm. So I need to change the tone of something that I'm doing. So I'll put on some music that goes with the next thing I'm working on, do my exercises, and go into that thing. 45 minutes. And how
0: long and then, do
1: you do this for? Just till like six. I have like a five or six-hour window. Mm. This is seven days a week, by the way.
4: Mm.
1: No job. And so going the reason I asked you guys that question about, did you guys, after doing the room, go back to your stuff? here's why. Who you are now is on who you were last year.: Period, right? So same thing for you. You have been on these shows. You've watched Deb. You've watched Mike and John. You're like, oh, I've learned this from this group and this from this group. Mm-hmm. I wrote that script three years ago. I probably need to go back and add some new things to it now yes. because I'm a little different writer. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm going back and going, oh, I come in scripts a little differently. I like to I like to start on the active movement, mm-hmm. right? Oh, my transitions are written like this now. Oh, I might bold the, the, the slug lines now. Or maybe I don't. Whatever the... Style is, yeah. I'll just go back and give it more of me now, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and the, here's the reason why you will be meeting producers and other writers your entire lives. The worst thing in the world to do is to meet somebody who's in the middle of, oh, I got this thing I'm working on, and you're like, oh, I love that, I got a perfect thing, I'm gonna need like two weeks to go back to mm. this. Is why. Mm -hmm. you always want to be as current as possible to go, I could send this to you today. Mm -hmm. You know, at least by tomorrow. You know what I mean? Something. You want to be up on it. So that's why something you wrote years ago, pull that motherfucker up, especially if you think it still has legs, Mm -hmm. you know, not the one you're like, oh, that's just a piece of shit. I just wrote it, whatever. (laughs) That's different. But if there's something in there that you like, And the reason, I've also said this, the reason I have so many scripts, some of those scripts are versions of scripts. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: So one might be, for example, I have this detective show that I wrote 15 years ago. I wrote it as a movie, and then I wrote it as a pilot, and it takes place in San Francisco. And then I started getting into a lot of these British shows, and I like, what if it took place in England? Mm -hmm. Oh, it'd be from a different perspective, though, because of this and this and this. So I did it in England. Uh-huh. And then I went, oh, what if it was... Oh, so then I had Ron Perlman read it a long time ago. And he went, oh, hello. I like this. What if, what if you focused on the younger cop? Before training day, by the way. Because before it was from his point of view, because I wrote it for him. Uh-huh. Right? And I went, huh. So then I switched it again. Uh-huh. So that's why I have so many... Sometimes I have so many different versions of things. Uh-huh. Because I go back and go, well, who am I now? Uh-huh. Right? So that it's okay to do that, you know, and sometimes you'll go to somebody and it's a really dark thing and you have a very dark version and then you have a lighter version. You have a female version. You have you know what I mean? It's all point of view. You know, that's why you can go. You don't have to be like, that's that script. You could be like, you know what? I really love this character. I'm going to do it from her point of view. And it's okay. Who's gonna judge you for it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean. And you could call it something else,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and that other character's still in there. It's just focused on them now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Nobody knows, so it's up to you. That's why I do it. I that that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I I like that thought. Uh, it could be the same the same script just flipped in a couple different ways. Yeah. I like
1: that. I'd say say a lot of writers. You'd be surprised how many writers probably do this and don't even subconsciously know that they do it. But sometimes you're just like, your agent didn't like it or something, your reps or whatever, and you're just like, I still think there's something in it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I see what the problem is. They don't like because of this. Well, what if I did this? You know, it's not dark enough. I need a darker version. They want it to be more HBO and I'm writing you know, CBS. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that just changes the whole... As soon as you change the whole tone, it's a totally different script. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's the little things, you know? Once you go, It's kind of like... Um, how many times have you guys written a script, sent it to, sent it to somebody, was falling through your script and went... Ugh. You either made a typo somewhere or... You didn't like mm-hmm. a word or verb or noun or something you used, and you went eh, that adjective isn't strong enough, mm-hmm. and then you changed it, and you feel so much better about that. Mm-hmm. Just one word,
4: mm-hmm.
1: yep. but in your head you're like, "Fuck, they're reading that damn script mm-hmm. yeah. with that." It's okay. the same it's theory. R- yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, I'm constantly trying to make it even better of where I am now. So just right. be just just be aware of that. You don't have to always. You know, you may not be working on something new, but you might be fixing something from the past. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's okay. You know?
2: What? I love that idea. I have a, a crime <coughs> drama I've been tinkering Sorry. with, and, right, and it's like, this is the version if it's just the three leads. This is the version of the ensemble cast. This yeah. is the version if it's an anthology series. And mm-hmm. so I'm always, and that's happened as I've changed it over the years. And I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of these. I'm going to keep them and see, you know, which one takes, which one is... The best, who likes what? You know, this person like the anthology version, this person like the ensemble version. We're going
1: right. to see which one gets picked up. So I'm always, you know. Be, so. Just be a little, here, I'm going to say this to other people out there, listen. Be careful with what I'm talking about is something you wrote a while ago that you come back to.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Not something that you go, oh, I wrote the script. Here's another version. Here's another version. Right. Because then you stay there on that same story Mm -hmm. for two years. Right. That's to be careful with. Yeah. I'm talking about you wrote it two years ago, you come back to it and just give it a polish on something new or a new style or you rework something, you know, whatever. That way you're still moving forward. Mm -hmm. And the reason why um, I have a script up in the outline and then something minimizes so I'm keeping forward, Mm -hmm. so I'm not backing up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm, I'm constantly I'll never have a year when I haven't written three scripts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm always moving on the next thing. You know, so even if you get three pages done in a day, you know mentally you move forward.
4: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, you don't need to do you don't need to do 8 pages or 15 pages today. You don't need to. You know, you just take your time and you get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. But you need to be practicing how you're going to write a script in a week though. Mm-hmm.
2: It's we were just talking about
1: that. It's a thing I talk to writers the most, of, especially if you do features. And I talk to feature writers all the time. "Hey, I want to get into writing TV." I was like, "How long does it take you to write a script?" Like five or six months, and saying you shouldn't be doing it.
4: Yeah. Oh, I'll tell them straight up. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're wasting your time. Cause you're not you're not going to be ready for the room. You see how fast the turnaround is? It's it's
3: fast. It's fast. They would, I mean, also send help, right? We like were in writing and bringing them in. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. Yeah.
1: laughs> Yeah. yeah, they want the outline in two days depending on who what the show is, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's crazy. So you have to be able you should be practicing now, yeah. you know, and, and it's just speed is something we never talk about in this industry. <clears throat> I talk about it on my show all the time because I know it's a realistic thing when you get into the room. Yes, when you get an assignment, you have two or three months to write the damn thing, but it benefits you to, you know, that show gets sold that train is moving fast. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And you have got to be able to be at a position where, and 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 especially if you guys are ever blessed to get to a point where one of your shows sells, and you guys are now, you know, you guys get some showrunner to run your show, but you're number two now because it's your show. You still have to be in that process. You know, you're the one who's going to have to fix them. It's in mm-hmm. your voice. So you know the show that I, I watch. I watch Ben all the time. We get episodes in, and he's like, "All right, I'm gone for a day. You know, I got to write. I got to I got to clean up this outline. I got to clean up this script." And in a day, maybe two, every once in a while, he's off to go write. You know, I and mean? then he comes back, and it's fucking sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that muscle,
4: yeah.
1: you know, that you guys have to be getting yourself in a habit of is. How do I get to that point mm-hmm. where I can write that concise that you know what I mean um but you need to be practicing now with your own stuff, and so what happened to me I know I'm talking a lot here, but just trying to give you guys some some game if you don't mind um i was okay. in, i was in the I was in the Cosby Fellowship back in two thousand and seven, mm. and David Wyatt, who's one of the writers on Martin and a bunch of other shows he used to um he used to he used to test me all the time, so for example. I'm one of those guys when, whenever I used to be in a class, I'd be sitting in the front row. I'd be the first one to go, I'll go. That's just who I am, right? And so he'd be like, um, so I need your outline for your Boston legal spec. Um, and today's Monday. I need it on Wednesday, right? And I'm like, everybody else is going to get a week. He's like, you're yeah, not everybody else. Like he saw something in me. Okay. And so I'd have it on Wednesday. And I'd be like, holy shit. And then he'd read it and be like, Hill, I told you. You know, I got this note and this note and this note, but I told you you could do it, mm-hmm. right? And it started forcing me to be like, damn, dude, yeah, I really can do this stuff. And then he'd be like, your script's do, you know, in three days, too. And I'm like, everybody else is going to get a week. He'd be yeah. like, you could do it. And I'm like, "The fuck, you know what I mean? And he was testing me. And years later, we talked about it, and that's why. He's like, I knew. I knew you were going to make it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? There was something about you. Everybody else was taking their time or not engaging or whatever, and he's like, I knew you had something, and I was like, fuck, you know what I mean, doing the work, but it tested me mm-hmm. to know that I could, I wrote Fade Out, and I was like, holy shit, I did that in two and a half days, Child. you know what I mean, and and and, if you, and what I learned is I write it fast, and then I spend all the rest of the day rewriting it, yeah. you know what I mean, so now I'm in the process, I understand how to do it like that, I know how to write a quick beat sheet, or, or outline, or whatever the fuck it is, because I had to, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. And there was nothing pressing except for the fact that that's when he told me to do it. So now I go imagine, just pretend like you have, you know, some producer expecting something, and you just start practicing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you have to turn it in because you got to pretend like it's a real thing, mm-hmm. you know. And it'll force you to do it. You know. So that that's why I did it, and that's why I had so many, you know, different works. So bad.
2: Ain't nothing good Yeah, they're
1: they're important. <laughs> Anything else when you were listening, minquel
3: Yeah, but you kind of just answered it. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to all these wedding rings up in here. What's that? What? I said, a shout out to all these wedding rings. <laughs> who, who's
1: all <laughs> married? I see me and Minkwell. Who else? I'm
0: engaged. Are you? <laughs> <Sweet>.
1: <laughs> who? What their name is? Who they is? Who they is? Shout out to Don. Mm-hmm. So, That's what's <laughs> up. Congrats! Congrats! <laughs> awesome.
0: Listen, no, I just see all these shiny rings. I'm like, okay, rings? <laughs> in the future? You know
1: what I'm saying? Yeah, we're going on 21 years. Child. Yeah. Congratulations. 21 years. We got married on our 14th anniversary in 2015. Wow. So, indeed. Wow. You got to communicate. Ooh. <laughs> As I'm telling people, y'all got to interview these motherfuckers for y'all when y'all go on the dates. I can't tell her. I have so many mentees and they're like, man, oh. One other this girl, come to find out a few months later, you know, she got a roommate. She didn't even tell me. I was like, did you ask?
3: <laughs> 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 don't know about a roommate. <laughs> that's like... Little shit. Line, like,
1: little shit. I'm like, y'all do not been talking to each other today, y'all yeah. kids? I don't understand. I,
3: I think people spend a lot of time just feeling good around each other. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. enough for a lot of people. Uh-uh. And I say that as someone who right. kind of did that and then <laughs> people were there, like, oh... Maybe these, maybe
1: I um, can talk. about How I feel? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mister yeah. Therapist.
0: Mm-hmm. I cannot. And you? What, what about me?
1: Uh huh. Who you dating
0: with? Oh, what their name is? Mm-hmm. Listen, I struggle in the world of dating. I am so single. <laughs> um, dating is um, extra foreign to me. Okay. Flirting is weird. Like I like so at the premiere. Mm-hmm. There were these, like, step on Haitian men. My God. Like, what was going on? <laughs> I, was, I was just like, what?
3: You were talking to guys all night, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I yeah. saw you
0: chatting. Listen, those guys also had boyfriends. Ah. <laughs> 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 so it's like, yeah. Hilarious. I can chat with boys all day. It's like, but once, like there was a dude that was looking at me. I recognized him Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Mm, I recognize you. But instead of like doing what like a lot of normal people would do is like approach someone and like chat. I just didn't. Mm -hmm. It's like, it happened probably about three times that night. I was like, dang, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm shy. I'm working on these things. Um, Clearly kind of not, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but if you're listening to this and you were at the party and you made eye contact, ooh, wow. I know who you are. Check your DMs.
1: <laughs> She's like, five, 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 six, six, three, four. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I'm working on it. I got to get back on the apps because there's more to life than just working and writing. And well,
1: let me ask you, are you guys all on Twitter and Instagram?
0: Yes. That's right. Jordan. Jordan.
3: But I don't use them very actively.
1: I get it. It's a difficult thing. I mean, I, I say this. We have thousands of people listen to the show, oh, and right. I and yeah. I still. We should have like if you look at my Twitter and Instagram, I barely have four thousand people on there, which which, to a lot of people, sounds like a lot of people. It's not considered what we should have them. I'm, I'm just not on there like I just don't have the time. Yeah. Um, the other problem is. I have two accounts. So I have my screenwriters RR for this, for the Rant Room, and then I have my Hilliard guest. My name. I said it. Uh, (laughs) Shut up, girl. (laughs) And so I'm thinking by the end of August, I'm getting rid of screenwriters RR. Um, And it's only because I'm like, why am I filtering all this stuff through all the back and forth, retweeting? I'm like, I should just have it all just go to that. Everybody fucking knows my fucking name anyway. Mm. So what difference does it make? So Mm. I'm just going to brand it on just me. It just is what it is and just leave it what it is. Um, Because it's just hard going back and forth and doing all that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, and then I could push everybody to that, Mm -hmm. you know, and probably double and whatever it is that way. So that's the other thing. Um, So y'all need to be on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. The reason is this. <clears throat> I kind of said this a little earlier. I have a couple mentees, and I'll never forget when... Uh, this all really turned after George Floyd, by the way, is when using Twitter really went to your advantage. Well, number one, we were all at home. Mm. So you would get Deb Fisher and people like that at their house, and you'd go, hey, Deb, love your work. Will you read me? She's like, yeah, give me 20 minutes. You know what I mean? That shit was happening, right? So... um it's, even though every, a lot of people are back to work and it's still busy again, there still are some producers, EPs, co-EPs. And that's the other thing. Stop going to showrunners. Mm. Look at the co-EPs. Hit them. Look at your favorite shows and be like, who's the co-EP on? Oh, I'm going to follow them.
4: Okay. They're next. Mm-hmm.
1: The showrunner has no time for you. Ooh. The co-EP has time for you when they're not on the show. Mm-hmm. So let's be clear. <laughs> right? Hit them up and be like, hey, man, hey, sis, whoever you are, I love your work. I saw your episode 107 Mm. when you wrote such and such about whatever. If you ever have 20 minutes, we'd love to just jump on a Zoom and talk about how you got here. Six of them would probably say, sure. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. Facts. Right? You're just picking their brain. You're just getting information and you're starting a relationship. You're not saying, and by the way, when it's done, when you read me, don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start the relationship. If you talk about how interesting you are, I'm going to ask you to let me read something.
0: Yeah.
1: That's when you want to do it. But start the relationship. Build the relationships first. Yeah. I can't tell you how many writers I meet, and the first time they meet me, like, will you read me? I'm like, I ain't even... I, I just know. told you how busy I am. You still think mm-hmm. I'm... A, like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like you're not listening, right? So also pay attention to... What they tell you to their time and be respectful of all that, right? Of
0: course.
1: Like I was telling a writer yesterday, <clears throat> he was like, Oh, I'm trying to get some meetings. Oh, I know. I was at the gym, finally went back to the gym. Shut and, up. Shut up. And.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> goes, Jim. <gym>, woo <laughs> um So, and then he's, I call him a kid, he's probably in his 30s. And, um, He walked up, he's like, Yeah, uh," he was like all nervous. I could tell he was trying to ask me for something. He's like, Hey, I follow you on Instagram and I know you got a lot of things going on, this and this. He's like, "Um, Do you think you could read? And I went, Oh God, here we go. (laughs) And he said, Do you think you'd read this? And I said, Look, I've known you in this gym for a while and because of that, it's not a big deal.
4: Uh
1: I says, But you write half hour sitcoms. I don't even do that. So you're kind of wasting your time coming to me in that way. Mm. Now, it's not that I don't know people who don't do that. I says, but all these other people in here who are that, you need to be finding those people who are doing the thing you want. It's what I was telling you guys earlier. Mm. Come with, uh, what's the word I used earlier? Uh, value. Value. You know, I should be a t-shirt. <laughs> Come with the value to the person who could benefit from you. You know, you don't bring a lot of value to me writing half hours, three camera sitcom for me, right? Somebody else would be great. You know what I mean? Whoever's writing Blackish or something else, they would be great. The new Miss Pat show, whatever, they would be great. It's not me. You know what I mean? So know your audience, right? And so I sat there for like 15 minutes giving him some game about things he could do, you know, about he doesn't have anybody to read the script. I'm like, you're in fucking Hollywood, dude. You clearly are not in a writer's group. And if you're not in one, you need to fucking start one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we were having this conversation. He, when he was done, he was like, shit, dude, I feel like I'm going to change the world. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand that, that passive behavior of of Not going out yourself to do things because you're shy, embarrassed, or whatever. I'm like, dude, you used to be one of the trainers here in this gym. You know everybody in this gym. Mm. You know the writers and then the producers in this gym. Somebody in here works on a sitcom. You know, you need to backtrack and look in your Rolodex and be like, oh, it's such and such.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: I need need 20 minutes of their time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's who you go to. You need to follow your heart in the world that you write. You know? I'm not saying I couldn't have helped him by referring him to somebody else. I just don't have the time to read. And quite frankly, where I'm at, I can't read you. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's a conflict of interest for me.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? We yeah. might have something come down our pike that's in that world, and I just read you. How's that going to look? Right.
0: Not
1: you know, know what I mean? Try exactly. to circle back and add yeah. an elementary so people don't people don't always understand that and they may think I'm being, you know, mean or rude of not reading their script. And like, if you saw my schedule, you wouldn't ask me anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you realize I don't really do what you do, you would know this unnecessary. Uh-huh. You know? Now, like I said, that doesn't mean I don't know somebody who's in that world. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But the chances of you being in that position for me to help you doesn't it's fifty fifty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Well, Why y'all got me, last little... Anything else? Jordan, Josh, <laughs> talk to me.
3: I'm racking my brain. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: mean quail. I think of a question. <laughs> it's okay. Y'all don't have to. That's all okay. right. We can let it go. Go ahead. Whoever. Uh, no, I do want to say <clears throat> thank
2: you for having us today. Thank you. taking the time to speak with us and share so many great stories and pieces of advice. Literally. And, um, I've never done anything like this, so... It's just an honor
1: to be here, so thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I well, appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank
1: <laughs> you. Y'all should be thinking Tiffany, talking about, well, I'm going to bring my <laughs> two brothers in. <laughs> that's true. <clears throat> yeah. thank,
0: thank
2: you, me. Tiffany. <laughs> thank you so much, Tiffany, for looking out and always, uh, that's just who you are. You always think of other people, and you're always like, oh, I got this, so thank you.
0: I, you know, I, I try. I need to be more selfish, but like, <laughs> but I love my people. So, so you're
1: heading back. When are you planning to come back to LA? Uh-huh.
0: With so much stuff being remote and virtual, I might be gone for a couple months. Okay,
1: okay. just just know.
0: Oh, but I I got a place to stay if I need now, to come
1: back. Just know this: uh-huh. I'm just gonna tell y'all kids, it's it's not not possible to get work. Mm-hmm. But it also it's also there's something to being in a city.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: like one of you guys said you lived down the street from Aroma. I think it was you. Oh. <clears throat> you know I used to go to Aroma. I used to sit there and, yeah. you know and work Alexander. and you'd see you'd see other mm-hmm. people, you know mm-hmm. y'all need to be hanging out at places where and that's what you miss. You miss being at the grocery store and there's yep. you know Mike Goyo, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, in line, you know, there's Lena, whoever the fuck, like you, you just miss the opportunities yep. of those things. The in-person thing—it's—it's it's all about relationships. So you have to really make sure that you hold on to the people that you know. Yeah. Stay in their lives. Let them know you're available. Still have them read your scripts. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Just—just just talking out loud, by the way. I got you. I'm not—I'm not—not preaching to you. No preach. It's just—just uh, <laughs> just know it's a, its going to be a little harder for you not being here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, than it is meaning. Not not that that you can submit a script and somebody can be like, oh, this person's great, and we just have a Zoom room. Mm. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. The next part is how do you build a relationship to get the meeting? With the you see what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the part you have to figure out. How do I keep that going even though I'm, you know, seven hours away on a fucking flight, whatever the fuck it is. Whew, you know what I mean? Sure.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> I I whether I come back in September or whether I come back in October. No, it's it's not a question of. If I'm coming back, it's just kind of when. Okay. Um, I'll be back. Then, I
1: think what I would consider, just me,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I would tell people, oh, I have a place in Cleveland and I have a place in L.A. Absolutely. I would keep it like that as opposed to I don't live here. I just come here whenever I can. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make people think, oh, she's here. Yeah. There's some People are mentally, I don't know what people are in L.A., but everybody thinks, oh, she ain't even here. Even though we're on Zoom, it's a weird fucking place. Yeah. So let them think you still got your spot here. You're just going to see mom for the summer. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just take that, if you want. I'm still here. There you go. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, Jordan. Go
3: ahead. So, question for you. Uh, yeah. um, what's the last thing that uh, when it comes to, like, craft that you um, feel like you've upgraded on and back to like your scripts and like let me put this
1: game in so that was mean quail by the way um a couple of things so some people have heard this story from me before when i first started writing 20 20 21 years ago um i sat down uh i had a script the first script i ever wrote went to the finals of sundance and so i got on the list right Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden everybody wanted to read the script So I sat down with one of my mentors, one of the biggest directors in town, and I was still acting at the time. Mm. And he was like, well, what about your acting? Mind you, I had just finished doing one of his shows. It was City of Angels. Mm. And we got canceled. And so um, that got canceled. I was on The Pretender. That got canceled.
4: So good.
1: And then I was on a show called All About Us, which Mm. was kind of a spinoff on Saved by the Bells. Had some of the same producers and whatnot and um so i was writing this script during this whole time and i said i'm done and he was like really he was like if we got a season three i was gonna bring you back whatever and i was like no nah, i probably wouldn't have come back and he was like what like you gotta be kidding me and i was like here's what happened when i sat down to write i'll never forget i wrote exterior london 1964 and I never wanted to write again. I never wanted to act again. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was telling him, I was bawling, telling him the story. He started crying. <laughs> you know, it was like this beautiful story. And I said, here's why. That feeling I had, i never forget my first day on City of Angels. I'm, I'm playing this cop. And I'm putting on my outfit. And I'm ju- I just got there like 20 minutes before. And I'm putting on my, <laughs> some of you guys know when you get, you get your own trailers and stuff, and they already have your outfits in your trailer. Yep. And I was putting on my outfit, and I get a knock on the door. I'm like, I'm not even fucking dressed. You know, like, damn, they want me already? I open the door, and there's Blair Underwood. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, hey. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? walk up to the set. Get dressed. Come on. And he starts showing me around, introducing me to Vivica and Hill Harper and everybody, and, you know, bringing me into the team. And I was like... That feeling I had, mm-hmm. when him walking me around and introducing me and letting me be a part of the team was how I feel every time I read.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, I don't have to wait for that.
4: Yeah.
1: I get it every day. Mm-hmm. Ah, y'all trying to make me cry. I knew I <laughs> and I was like,
0: if I could do that, I never
1: need to do that again.
0: Yeah.
1: And now I think two years later, I ended up doing Hedwig and the Angry Inch it was the best thing I ever did. Um, and I was like, yeah, if I, never, I never need to do it. And I was like, that's how I know I'm supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he said, what are you going to do about your script? He said, how do you feel about your script? I said, I feel like that was my first draft. I got lucky. And it was a story that nobody ever heard of. It was a true story of how skinheads became skinheads. Not ooh. the Nazi skinheads, the reggae yeah, skinheads. Ooh. People don't know that. And he was like, then I wouldn't send it out to anybody. Now, mind you, I'm on this list and everybody in Hollywood wants to read the script because it's on Sundays. So I didn't. And he said, here's my advice. I want you to take two years and study with everybody you can, take any class, Take read every book, and I want you to read one script a day for two years. Yeah. I read two.
4: <laughs>
1: and it's because, something y'all don't know, I didn't graduate from high school, I didn't go to college and do any of that. So I've always been very insecure we all have our weaknesses yeah we do i've always i've always been very insecure about the fact that i didn't graduate from high school all my other friends went to harvard or ucla or somewhere else and i don't have a degree or anything you know except for getting you know the cosby fellowship and some other little fellowships as a writer i I don't have any experience in that college realm whatsoever Mm. and so Y'all here to Ghetto Bird? Shopping, shopping. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. What's y'all dream? <laughs> <laughs> and so I spent two years studying with everybody.
0: Mm.
1: And so to answer your question, for me, I figured out the sequence approach, which is what they teach at, UC, at USC. Is that the <clears throat> end
0: sequences? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was writing features when I first started. And when I figured that out, after reading all of these, I went, I started with the top hundred scripts a, and I read them all mm. in probably a month, you know, and that's just why I get into a zone. I'm like, yeah. and then I just kept going, kept going, kept going. And and I started reading Double Indemnity and All About Eve and all these Rebel without a cause. I wanted to see what was really going on. The Godfather, everything. And I was like, oh, I'm starting to see the patterns. I'm starting to kind of get what is going on here. They always open like this. The characters do this. The transitions happen this way. And I started seeing, I hate to say it's easy. I hate that because people are like, oh, you think it's easy. No, that's not what I mean. I just mean I got it, Mm -hmm. right? And I got to a point where I stopped needing to go, oh, the hero needs to do this by page 16. The hero needs to... I started going, oh, it's a rise and fall. And as long as you take us on this ride, you already know what page you are on, subconsciously. You know what I mean? So when I started writing TV, it was a much easier transition for me because I took those eight sequences and I made them shorter. And remember, as TV went along, um, I mean, as movies went along, everything started getting shorter. You didn't do 120-page scripts. Right. So they started going down to 110 and 105 and 90, yeah. right? So I just started justifying that in TV so that my teaser would be this long, my act one would be this long, and then I would have six or seven of them, and it's pretty close to my eight. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So okay. it, it, it reworked its way back around for me, so it became easy for me, if that's the case. You know what I mean?
0: That makes sense when you say it like that. Yeah. Because I've definitely uh, found bridesmaids eight sequences uh, online. Yeah. And it's like you watch, you read it. I watched it at the same time I was reading it okay. a couple times, and I was like, "This makes complete sense." Right. And it's like, but at the same time, when you go and try to do it yourself, you're like, "Okay, maybe wait a minute. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me let me replay that again."
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you were to read the sequence approach now, you got to remember it's written years ago, so everything is fi- every fifteen minutes. Yeah. Well, now you got to be thinking every ten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just where we are now, mm. and so. I have the book like over there and probably over there. Um, It breaks it down. So it's like every, every, every 15 minutes. So that's why you have eight. Right. Mm. So every 15 minutes, eight ends up to 120 pages. Right. Mm. So if you break it down so that it's a shorter way to look at it, it helps you get in and out of things a lot faster.
4: Yeah. And
1: it helps you to see. So you don't worry about that long act Two things that you have to deal with, especially in features and whatever you see it because I'm looking at 10 minute chapters you know what I mean? I'm keeping it going by every 10 minutes. So I, every 10 minutes ends on a boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like an act break. You know? And I even do this little secret. I'm going to give you all one little yes, secret. <laughs> nice. I got, don't be telling nobody. Don't be telling nobody. <laughs> so here's something I do. This is something I do in pilots. Let me give you that part first. Let me tell you what I do in TV and let me tell you what I do in film. So in pilots, I start my A story on whoever my A story is. Going into the teaser, and I start backing them back on A story coming in act one. I might go back and forth, A, B, C, whatever I am, but I always come back to the A story again at the end of the act. I start back again, act two, with my A story. So I'm reminding you who my A story is. Mm. I'm keeping you in that process so you always know what's going on. So when I'm doing features, I still do the same thing. I'm keeping you on the A story throughout all of act one. I end on that beat. Mm-hmm. Start Act Two, back on them again. And then I start moving around a little bit, introducing into some more characters, mm-hmm. introducing some more plot line. By the end of Act Two, we're back on it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And every ten pages I come back to the end of that that A-story yeah. story. So yeah. you see the through line. to just something that I figured out. After reading all of those hundred, actually it was I think it was close to like fourteen hundred scripts, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, in two years. And I was like, oh, Okay, I see how they do it. And it became a point where I was able to pull from anything that I needed. I saw what Quentin Tarantino did. I seen what Billy Ray did. I saw what John August did. And I could just go, oh, I could write the script in that style. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could write the script in that style. You know what I mean? So if you look at my scripts, none of them look alike. Because they all have different voices. They all have different styles. You know what I mean? The voice is the same Mm -hmm. because I write a certain way. You know? Uh, uh, And and it's shifted based on my style. The style is what usually changes. You could still hear my, you still see the, the underdog story, mm-hmm. whether I'm writing about Emmett Till, whether I'm writing about the Buffalo Soldiers, doesn't matter yeah. what it is. You see the storyline, whether it's a sci-fi, whether it's a drama, it you still see that same through line throughout. You always see it about somebody. It's a city, it's a person, it's a whatever, from the underdog point of view. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, that became my thing. That when I started doing writing assignments, which was my bed and brother, bed and brother. Shut up. My bed and
0: breakfast. <laughs>
1: which is my bed and butter. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Shut up, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> my bread and butter for many years, and so that's what kept me. So I would I would get say, say they wanted you know a top a book or something, and I would read the book and be like you know. The underdog story is from this point of view, though. I know the story is about this person, but how can I go in there and I'll be like, oh, ah, you know. So I would go in and pitch why, from my point of view, that it's that character. That we should really, yes, that's the hero. Mm -hmm. But let me, if we change the lens a little bit so it's really strong from this person, Mm -hmm. this is how I connect to it. You know what I mean? And that's how I got a lot of my jobs. I would turn around and be like, here's the underdog point of view. After I told you all that, how I grew up and, you know, I was pretty much the black, you know, um, peewee hermit of my neighborhood, <laughs> I was, you know what I mean? And so, then you understand why I'm yeah. the guy to write that story, you know what I mean? So, that became my strength. I know I jumped all over the place. That's okay. Um, that makes sense? Yeah, we
0: was jumping. We was
1: like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just, for that, for that, for that. <laughs> No, that's cool. So, where you at, Josh? Where can people follow you at? <clears throat>
2: On Instagram, it's JL underscore Myers underscore, Myers M-Y-E-R-S. Twitter, I don't know. Jesus J-J Christ. Christ. J-J I'm, I'm going to do better. Uh, <laughs> I think it's JL Myers 1814.
1: Okay. At least you got your name in there. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Jordan?
2: I haven't been
3: on Twitter in years. <laughs> so, you could try to find me on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll go on Twitter you better Facebook
4: go on
1: because I'm gonna need you to repost this my <laughs> uh, so, like,
3: the four followers that are there whatever uh, my Instagram uh, is is private uh, but someone can request me if they want why and are me? you <laughs> why are you kids them.
1: private I don't understand it's not
3: me uh, I think my Instagram is just jdumbroff yeah but mm-hmm. I don't think I think so is. they know yeah okay. there you go
1: the power of Christ compels you. You know the <laughs> best way
3: to follow me is, is if you can locate me in person, <laughs> and then just, I mean you'll be bored. Uh, it's gonna be watching a lot of movies. But, uh, oh, my cat's cat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: Tiffany Beacham, where you at?
0: <clears throat> um, I'm on Instagram at it's girl TV. Um, and Twitter, I actually just changed my name to Tiffany D. <laughs> <Beecham>. ah, so <laughs> it was at Danny and D. Laura, but it's I don't think that exists anymore. So at <laughs> Tiffany D. Beachum. thank you. All right, that's what's
1: up. And uh, <laughs> thank you again, Minkwell, for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you bringing donuts and stuff, that's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Um, so everybody, check out Send Help, send, send, Give them all the information you guys know. Whoever knows all the information. Josh,
2: AP. Sin <laughs> uh, Help premieres August 11th on All Black.
1: That's it. Y'all ain't got no Twitter, Instagram, or nothing. Do you know? Oh, I'm okay. sorry.
2: Uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, but on Instagram, it's Sin series. Help, that's what it. Yeah. I think there's a Twitter at
0: Sin series too as well. Is it? Yeah, okay. yeah
1: sure. All right. I and should then know on
0: that. at Watch All Black.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. All Black. I think you can get it through Amazon Prime too.
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: I'm almost sure. The only reason why I say that is because my friend Tracy Grant. Who you guys have probably seen Tracy. Tracy is on Lace. Yeah, he's the EP of Lace, and um, he's always said you can get it through Amazon. So I'm assuming it's the same thing for y'all. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I worked with
0: Tracy before.
1: Oh, you know Tracy? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what I did. we
0: did DPI, the web series. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I directed and uh, helped the camera. A little that's bit right. That's
1: that's right. I forgot about that. Okay. Good. Good. Awesome. Well, um, thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thank you, Minkwell. everybody. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank,
2: Thank you. you, and edit me to look good.
4: <laughs> <I cannot. laughs> well, let me get
0: that good edit.
2: Thank you. I keep, edit.
1: No, I keep it really raw, so everything you guys heard, all the us and everything is going to be in there. I like it to be like a real fucking conversation. I
4: love that.
1: <clears> so, joining me for 2022, everybody. As soon as a movie comes out, we're going to change it to Wakanda forever again. Yes. We did that for like two years. It went on for way too long. Um, we're going to go back. Yes. <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you guys. We appreciate y'all. Oh, I introduce. Uh, I'm Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. <laughs> At Hilliard Guest, you guys can find the show, Screenwriters RR. Um, also, please go on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. We're everywhere around the world. Um, please give us a five-star review. You need that for the metrics um, you can go on our screenwriters you can get t-shirts and shit like that um, wear them take a photo post it tag us we'll we'll post it back whatever they call it what they call it? Re-post. repost it that's what I said um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll repost that shit uh, anyway thank you guys check out send help it's coming soon this week ghetto bird again see minkwell what you doing out there <laughs> I'm
3: sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they coming to get them donuts. They coming to get them donuts. See?
4: <laughs>
1: Joining me everybody for two for twenty twenty-two. Y'all guys know how we do it on the rant room. On the show we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Everybody. Twenty twenty-two.
4: Uh-uh.
1: Peace out. <laughs> oh now she gonna say. <laughs>
0: Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the rillers, and no, ain't no stopping. Any topic, even the random. We get to I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We only grown shit. Welcome to the round room. That's it. That's all I got to say.